0: You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 143. Why was Sandy in Istanbul?
1: Produced by Innovate
0: Learning. Maximizing Human Potential. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, make a difference in ending human trafficking, and try to understand why Sandy was in Turkey. Sandy, you have been to Turkey before. And yet, when you told me a couple of months ago that you were going to Istanbul, this past uh, few weeks, you were very excited about the trip. And so I thought it'd be uh, fun to learn more about the experience and what was so special about this trip that uh, was different from some of your previous adventures.
1: Well, uh, my purpose was very different, and I was invited in a very different context. Uh, you know that I love talking to folks about the role of the church in combating human trafficking, we've that's been a subject um, many times over. And so when I received this invitation that was very official, um it was from the ecumenical Patriarchate and the Church of england, i I honestly, Dave, I didn't know how I got on their list. And I spent a couple days checking into it to make sure they actually knew who I was, and that I'm just um, the Global Center for Women and Justice Director in Southern California. And so when I, I finally um, understood that this was a, an official invitation, and I said, yes, I would like to come, um, they were... So engaged and so warm and welcome, and began to explain why they were doing this. 2017 is the year of the sanctity of childhood as declared by um, His All Holiness Bartholomew, the ecumenical patriarchate, for the Orthodox world. And this, for many of us, we don't have a lot of understanding of Eastern church history. He is the leader for the global Orthodox community, about 300 million believers. Oh, wow. And so it it's... And you know I lived in Greece and in a grew a, a significant appreciation for the Orthodox Church there and the work that they did on behalf of of marginalized, and they're very involved now in in Syrian refugee uh, resourcing and and services. So the forum was proposed back in two thousand and fifteen to gather, and this is a quote um distinguished scholars practitioners and policymakers from around the world to discuss the contemporary problem of human exploitation so the um the the forum was very small partly because of security issues in that part of the world um the month before we went there was an ISIS attack on a stadium and so security was exceptionally high. Most of us are aware of of what it's like to get through airport security. Well, you have to do the same thing to get into the hotel now. And all your stuff goes through um, an x-ray machine. So this was um, a very sobering aspect because leaders of the Orthodox and the Church of England came from all over the world. There were the leader from um, South America and from Africa, there were leaders, Um, there were bishops and archbishops and metropolitans, and I felt very small in the company of so many um, really bigger-than-life leaders. And yet, the common thing that brought us all together was to understand the context of how do we as a church rise up and do something about this kind of exploitation so when um when we gathered there we started with a great deal of um energy we looked at the problem the um the welcoming remarks by these leaders were really characterized by a great deal of humility, and that just grew my respect for their agenda and their purpose in meeting together. And it so fit who we are. We want to study the issues to be a voice to make a difference. And we did that. We had several different panels, and it was amazing to me how very structured like we do things here at Ensure Justice. You find the people that are the experts. You you open that up to the community so that they know what to do next. And I loved meeting um, the Bishop of Derby, uh, Reverend Dr. Alastair Redfern. And his very humble he's a published author and engaging in conversation about how we're doing anti-trafficking and what they're doing for marginalized communities. And I also enjoyed the fact that some of their scholars came from Northern Greece, and it was fun for me to have an opportunity to switch to Greek. And then I met um, representatives from Argentina and, oh, we can do this in Spanish as well. So Mm. it it was truly a global community, representatives from the World Council of churches were there. There were representatives from the Vatican as well. So this was not a narrow little group. It was an international group. One of the experts that spoke was the director, Zhuang Zhu, of the Division of Sustainable Development at the United Nations. And those of you who have been listening for a while know that in 2015, I was able to present during the 53rd um, Sustainable Development Commission at the UN on the role of sustainable development goals and human trafficking. And so it was just such an honor to meet the director of all of that.
0: So, So help us um, some, really an incredible, incredible group of people, Sandy. What was your role? What did, why do you know why you were invited and what did you do during your time uh, officially on behalf of the center?
1: Well, I I, um, obviously had wonderful opportunities to connect and build um, networks across this uh, illustrious um, group of leaders. Every meal was an opportunity to engage. During one meal, it was so exciting. On one side of me was the Human Trafficking Commissioner from Athens, Greece, and on the other side, the Human Trafficking Commissioner for the U.K., United Kingdom. And as we began to talk about our common concerns about Syrian refugees in that area, the uh, Human Trafficking Commissioner from Athens volunteered resources, venues, so that we could help with doing training when our country study team goes to Athens this summer. In mm. June, so we we didn't just study the issues and learn how to do this in their context, but we already have action plans in place to make a difference. Um, to to really talk about my role, uh, I was invited because they wanted a um, a look at the action by faith communities in international anti trafficking efforts. And so that was the last session before the signing of a joint declaration by the Ecumenical Patriarch Bartholomew and Archbishop Justin Welby. And that was um, such an amazing moment in my history, where I feel like what I've learned from many of the leaders we've interviewed on this podcast, what I've learned in my experience in the trenches and in leadership with our task force and here at Vanguard, um, I was the last speaker in that presentation panel, and my goal was to challenge the church to step up to the role that we've discussed so many times here, and if any of you remember um, events and back in podcast eighty-five, looking at the story in Second Kings um, chapter four about the widow, the issue of poverty and the role that um, laws that don't allow women to maintain their property um, to have the inheritance, and you remember that widow, uh, the it literally says the creditors were coming to take her two boys as slaves. And as I told that story out of a scripture that we all um, have in common, uh, you could watch lights come on. And afterwards, when people were talking about what they were going to do when they they went back to their homes, uh, people wanted resources. The the Metropolitan from Buenos Aires, um, who oversees South America, handed me his card and said, we need those resources in Spanish. And the idea that this is an assignment from God was very humbling for me because in, in March, I go to Madrid to work with other leaders who are um, working on resources for the Spanish language efforts against human trafficking. And now here's the access to help provide resources to the Orthodox leaders in South America. That I I did not even imagine those kinds of opportunities when I bought my plane ticket to go to Istanbul.
0: Really incredible, uh just you know, one of the things we've talked about so much in the show, Sandy, and I, I do feel a bit like a broken record saying it, but I'll say it again is the partnership uh, piece of these efforts. And what an amazing opportunity to build partnerships uh, with so many who, like us, really have been, you know, if not contextually in the same way, but thinking about many of the these issues and share the values of wanting to uh, really improve the situation for so many.
1: And, and I think you really nailed uh, an important point here because We have so many things in common with um, religious communities worldwide that we have not engaged. We've stayed in our own lane and we don't have to agree on everything, but we all agree that the fundamental human rights and protection of human dignity are, and this is a quote from their joint declaration, utmost importance and they quote Isaiah 61 the role of the church in the world is to preach good news to the poor to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim release to the captives and to set at liberty the oppressed I can I can agree to all of that Mm, and and that's that's where the foundation of this forum and this co- um, uh, joint declaration was really founded.
0: What was the? I'm not sure even the right way to phrase it, Sandy. But what was the the outcome or the accomplishment? You mentioned the declaration. What what came out of this this form officially as far as the next step or how how does the church then move forward as far as how they're thinking on this and the actions that they'll take?
1: Well, the the ecumenical patriarch in his keynote address actually addressed that exact question and and acknowledged um, some of the, the disconnect in, in general um, interpretations and understanding. And he said, the Orthodox Church is often accused of neglecting the world for the sake of liturgical worship and spiritual life, turning primarily toward the kingdom of God to come, disregarding challenges of the present. In fact, however— and this is the next step, transition point in his message. In fact, however, whatever the church says, whatever the church does is done in the name of God and for the sake of human dignity and the eternal destiny of the human being. It is impossible, not just it shouldn't happen. He said, it is impossible for the church to close its eyes to evil to be indifferent to the cry of the needy, oppressed, and exploited. True faith is a source of permanent struggle against the powers of inhumanity. And I I was like, I agree with all of that. I I'm all in yeah, both yeah, it's, hands.
0: Well is the struggle with that. I you know, he's characterizing uh the their faith community, but Sandy, you and I know people who um are within our faith community who is who struggle with the same thing. And so it's it's uh, you know, like you going back to what you said. Just a bit ago, we're all so much more like than we are different. Yeah, we may have we may have different perceptions or different theoro- theological opinions on on various aspects of faith, but in the, at a broad scheme, I mean, if you look at the faith communities around the world, um, the values align in so many things, and this is this is a place where there is so much alignment in so many different communities.
1: I was. I just looked at the numbers. I think this is going out, this communique goes out to every Orthodox community, every Church of England community. So 75 million in the Church of England, 300 million Orthodox, um, that's that's four hundred yeah almost 400 million people yeah. that this is now on their radar and they are looking for ways to become more informed um, one of the things people came to me afterwards how do i get this and this and you know i gave gave them links and resources and um, ran out of cards to to give out but that networking i always love thinking about the the idea of a network as actually weaving together a net, and the more strands in that net, the stronger it is, and it will rescue. And um, that's that 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 part of the the forum was one of the most important aspects for me.
0: I hadn't thought about networking with that analogy, Sandy. What a great way to think about it, of uh, especially in the lens of we're thinking about trafficking of that. That net, uh, that that the strength that mm-hmm. we all get it and it reminds me of your pithadi and the the strength of that all of us yeah. have when we come together. Um, no one person is going to do this by ourselves. No one faith community. It is all of us working together in collaboration and partnership, like we've been saying.
1: And um, because you bring up my my love of the pithadi illustration, the big jug with handles all over it. That is how I closed that session, mm. um, inviting everybody not to do the same thing, not to have the same agenda, but to find where can you grab a hold and move this forward, and then how do we start partnering to do that. Um, the The wonderful part about this was the reference to uh, to Greece, to Crete, is so much of that part of the world history i is i mean i've been there i know that and so it was it was um, inspiring inspiring but even more so the idea that they took a stand and the the joint declaration states condemning all forms of human enslavement as the most heinous of sins in as much as it violates the free will and the integrity you know, integrity—the wholeness of a of every human being created in the image of God—and so this the focus so much on the sanctity of life, um, of the the image of God, the value, the worth—and that was a, a more than just inspiring; it was um, it was fuel. To sustain a, a vision and a mission that sometimes, frankly, becomes overwhelming, and the workers are tired and the laborers are few.
0: Yeah, there's so much work. I know you did leading up to this uh, this event, and in the weeks and months prior to it, of thinking through, you know, how to best be so helpful to people. Uh, what what comes out of this for you, Sandy? What's next for you? You know, having attended this event, what's the next step as far as how you think about? the relationships that have been built and the next steps and the collaboration opportunities.
1: Well, I want to use that network to be a safety net with existing networks that I'm already part of. So, um, you know, i for our listeners, I'm holding up a handful of business cards that were handed to me. And mm-hmm. one of, one of our, um, past, um, guests here was Dr. Sami in Northern Iraq and he wanted to bring a team for more training. The last time they brought a team was 2014. In 2015, we sent a team, and now because of the conflict in the area, they haven't been able to come here, and I haven't been able to go there. So now we have um, an opportunity to partner with the Human Trafficking Commissioner in Athens, the Human Trafficking Commissioner from UK, and we're, we're putting together a proposal to invite the leaders from um, Dr. Sami's team to meet us in Athens, where we'll be able to do training for anti-trafficking work in a part of the world that is almost inaccessible now. Mm. That How does that work? Well, that doesn't work unless we show up. And and I think that's one of the, the lessons that you ask um, at the beginning, you called this uh, why did Sandy go to Istanbul? Yeah, um, it's because we actually have to be in person. Um, the theological term is incarnate. We have to show up. We can have all kinds of social media. We can have emails. We can write papers, but nothing, nothing communicates the understanding that I have anyway of God's plan for how the church responds to this, like showing up. Mm. We have to be there in person. Sometimes that may not be nearly as glamorous as a 14 hour plane ride to Istanbul from Los Angeles. um, But it might be a, a 10 minute trip to the detention center where the marginalized and vulnerable and at risk are, are housed right now and with no real um, support from the outside. It might be helping, and you've heard me say this so many times, the single mom here, or I have an attorney friend who spent months in Rwanda helping write legislation to give widows of that huge um, genocide rights to own their own land that they had never had before. Mm -hmm. So the showing up is... A key piece of our response to what we did at this forum
0: both you and i have tried to think very strategically and um and with care about how we use our time and where we show up sandy and, and leveraging technology and like this podcast as, as one tool for building relationships uh and you told me just recently of sometimes we just need to set that all aside uh, or if not set it aside uh, show up and be there in person and sometimes get on a plane or sometimes get in the car and, and go. And, uh, I know you're, you're so faithful at, at doing that. And when the time is right. Um, and, uh, when it's, when it's important and when the relationship is key, uh, you travel the globe for that. And I am, I'm so, I'm so grateful that we have you in, in as a leader in that way, uh, for the center. It's, uh, it's really, it's really inspiring to watch.
1: Well, I'm hoping that this will result in even more opportunities to plug our students in when we do our, our, um, study abroad every year. You know, we've been to Italy, to Argentina, to Romania, and this year we're going to Greece. Uh, it, Somebody asked me about how I do mentoring just this week. And I said, I take students with me Mm. here locally. That means I get to drive in the carpool lane. So there's a (laughs) bit of an advantage there. But Hey,
0: why not kill two birds with one stone? That's right?
1: (laughs) right. That's right. But we're taking our students to Greece to work predominantly in the Syrian refugee camps. And there was an expert from the policy center in Istanbul at the forum who told us, the status in that part of the world for two point some, I don't remember the exact number, million refugees. And that from um, a, an initial survey, there are approximately 10,000 missing children. Oh, wow. And so the work we're doing is important. It's God's heart, and we have to show up.
0: Yeah, Sandy, uh, you know, it's always... It's always hard doing these shows because we think, you know, and we have, we have made progress in so many ways, um, evidence so many of the conversations we've had in the last few episodes. And yet, uh, and I think about that number 10,000, uh, you know, just in, in one part of the world and we don't have that many people listen to the show. Yeah. So there's, um, there's a long way to go. There's a long road ahead and, um, but it, boy, it's worth walking down, isn't it?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Sandy, thank you for the work and for the diligence and for the faithfulness that you've, um, you, you do travel the world and, and oftentimes it is not as, uh, as, as, uh, uh, as, I don't know what the right word is. Um, you know, maybe as formal as this particular opportunity was. Um, but you, you know, you, uh, do such a wonderful job of representing, uh, us, but more importantly, the, the values that the center stands for, um, all over the world. And so I'm really thankful for you sharing your, your uh, experiences with us, and, and we're thankful to you for listening and taking time um, out of your day to uh, think about this issue, study it, be a voice, as Sandy was saying, make a difference in ending human trafficking, and I hope that you will uh, take our call to, uh, to take some of the actions we talk about in the show, and one action you can take right now is if you want to learn more or we can help or get you guided, get you started in the right direction, is to email us at gcwj at vanguard.edu. That stands for the Global Center for Women and Justice here at Vanguard University. You can also reach us by phone, 714-966-6360. And if you've been listening to the show for a bit and it's been helpful to you, take a moment, would you, uh, sometime in the next day or two, go onto iTunes if you use iTunes and, and leave a rating or review for the show. It makes a huge difference in other people who are searching for resources on iTunes and on the internet, on human trafficking. And uh, it's a great way for us to continue to grow our community. So thank you in advance. If you've done that before, please take a moment to do it if you haven't done it. And we'll see you again in two weeks. Thanks, Sandy. Thanks, Dave.